Hello, my name is Jordan Tardo, and I'm the lead pastor at Experience Church. I'd like to take a moment and just say thank you so much for tuning in to our podcast today. I hope this message blesses you. I hope it encourages you. I hope it strengthens you for what God has called you to today. We are in a series we started last week called Cries of the Cross. Uh, Super excited to continue this series. Uh, Last week we talked about how Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And so we're going to continue in the statements, the cries, if you will, of what Jesus said on the cross. There were seven things that Jesus said. I'm breathing into the microphone. There were seven things that Jesus said in the six-hour span on the cross. And so what we are doing is we're taking each week one phrase, statement, cry that he says and we are going to be sharing about that uh, throughout the next few weeks. And at Easter, we're going to be finishing, closing down the series, uh, talking about, you know, it is finished. So super excited. Uh, did y'all, can y'all believe Easter is only six weeks away? Wow, Easter is coming up. We're going to be doing four services during Easter. Pray for a brother's voice. Come on, somebody. Uh, we're going to be doing all different incredible things during the Easter season. So we're grateful uh, for that. But that being said, um, I, I want to dive in. Uh, to this this message where J- Jesus talks about uh, you know these different things throughout this time period and again I told y'all last week and if it would be me and if there I had six hours and I was in excruciating pain and I was I was being beaten I was being whipped I was being cr- crucified I would have probably said more than six things a lot more than six things, praise God. But uh, Jesus, he, I think he was intentional and in speaking only when he thought necessary to speak. And, you know, really for the text for the whole series is Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2. I read it last week. I'll read it to you again today. It says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, uh, who, you, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. He endured the cross because of the joy that was set before him. That joy that was set before him is you and I. The, the, the concept of understanding there's this prize on the other side of this, this cross, this, crucif- this crucifying and this pain and this, this shame that I had to carry. Why? Because I understand that they're going to have an opportunity to, one, be in relationship, but then also not just in this moment, in this season, on this earth, but also for eternity. And he says now that he sits at the right hand of the throne. The Bible says in Luke chapter uh, 23, we read it last week, how he, he's on the cross and he says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Then the Bible says that these, these rulers and these crowds are watching and these rulers are mocking him and the soldiers are mocking him. And then right after those scriptures, we pick up right here in verse 39. This is where uh, we pick up for this today. This is what the scripture says. One of the criminals, many of you know, there were two thieves, on one on each side of Jesus. One of them who, who is hanging, hang there, hung there, excuse me, hurled insults, I can't even talk today, insults at him, aren't you the Messiah, save yourself and us. He's insulting him and say, hey, if you're really the guy, save us and save yourself while you're at it. But the other criminal rebuked him, don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence. We are punished justly for we, have, we are getting what our deeds deserve, but this man has done absolutely nothing wrong. When he, 
when he, when he, when he, Jesus, when he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your hen, an actual hen said, you know what I'm saying? Hey, we make mistakes. It's all good. I'm not worried at all. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Jesus answered him. I tell you the truth. Today, you will be with me in paradise. Today, you will be with me in paradise. What happened? What are, you, what are we laughing? Oh, they, they fixed it. They fixed it. See, they're quick. They're quick. They're quick. They didn't want to get made fun of more. They, they fixed it quick on me. Hey, bless you. I love you. Truly, I tell you today, you will be with me in paradise. Jesus first says, Father, forgive them. And it's interesting as you read this story and you read the different gospels, that as Jesus is being whipped, as Jesus is being beaten, as Jesus is being crucified, as Jesus is being mocked, all these people are watching, and he says nothing. These, these rulers are mocking him. The soldiers are mocking him. Then after the soldiers mock him, it says a, a very criminal. It goes down to the very criminal. The one who deserves to be up there is also mocking him. And yet Jesus says nothing. It's interesting to me because oftentimes for us as humans, when we get mocked, we quickly respond. Come on, somebody. Somebody says one little thing that agitates you a little bit on one of those social networks, and ooh, we, you about to respond. You know what I'm saying? They don't like the way you said something, so they say one little thing, and you're like, ooh, you about to hear the fire of God come out of me. Somebody, you're just driving, and somebody just cuts you off just for about 10 seconds, and ooh, we, you want to respond. You know what I'm saying? Something in you wants to respond, but yet it's interesting, Jesus, he's, he, these people, these men, these women, they're, they're trying to get this response from Jesus, and yet Jesus says nothing. And then, it's so interesting, this other criminal turns to Jesus, and he says, I want you to remember me, please. I know that I deserve what I'm going through, but you don't. I want you to remember me today. Remember me when you enter into your kingdom. And it's so interesting Jesus then responds. Jesus doesn't respond to being mocked. He doesn't respond and say he has to defend himself. But immediately when someone calls out to him for help, he responds. This is the God that we serve. He is such a God of love that he's willing to, to always respond in our time of need, always respond to us when he knows that we're in a time of struggle. And I love it because Jesus says, today you'll be with me in paradise. He doesn't say, today I'm gonna get you down off this cross and you're gonna go live the rest of your life in peace. No, he says, I'm gonna let you know. I want you to understand something more important than the pain and struggle of this planet. I want you to understand the importance of eternity. And so I want to talk to you today about eternity. I want to talk to you about an eternal cry today. We talked about it, a forgiving cry last week. I want to talk to you about an eternal cry this week. I want you to know Jesus, and all throughout scripture, he talks about eternity. This is where it shows me, and this, this one quick phrase, a few things it shows me, and that is this. One, we have to understand, and Jesus wants us to know eternity is real. Eternity is real. Eternity, isn't, eternity is not this made up, fantasy that some guy came up with because we want to we want to get away from the concept of the fear of death and so let's write this magical mystery story of what could happen later so that we don't have to fear death it's not this sci-fi movie i know we have all nowadays all these crazy sci-fi movies like there's like seven different people on seven different planets like doing seven different things and they're all the same it's like i don't know what's happening and it's just like the sci-fi it's like oh this is so cool that heaven is not some just cool movie that we talk about eternity. 
Eternity is real. In fact, in Genesis chapter one, the Bible says, God created, in the beginning, he created the heavens. The very first scripture in the Bible, he says, God created the heavens and the earth. From the very beginning point of when scripture starts, Jesus wants us to know eternity is real. From the beginning of time, he wants us to know this eternity, this concept. And again, eternity is not something to be afraid of. I know sometimes we talk about eternity, people get uncomfortable, but it's such an important thing to talk about because we can get so caught up in what we are walking through today and what we have going on tomorrow that we can forget the greatest perspective that we should have. And that is that eternity is coming for all of us. We are all appointed a time to die. And no one knows the day or the hour or when we will, will, will end this life. But I do know this, that when we end this life, that we serve a God who has created a, a heaven and an eternity for you and I. And we'll talk more about that in a minute. The Bible says in Genesis chapter one, the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then in uh, Acts chapter one in verse nine, I will show you a few scriptures about heaven. It says, after he said this, he was taken up before their eyes. This is when Jesus was, after he was crucified, he rose from the dead and he was, he was ministering and speaking to his disciples. And as he's ascending to heaven, this is what happens. And a cloud hid uh, him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, Galilee they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven. The same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way as you've seen him go into heaven. Jesus is sitting in heaven at the right hand of the Father. The Bible says that Stephen was an apostle and a a disciple of Jesus. And the Bible says that he was being martyred. He was being stoned for his belief. And in Acts chapter 7 and verse 55, it says, But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God. And Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said this, Look, I see heaven open and a son of man standing at the right hand of God. There's, it's, we have all different types of scripture that Jesus talks about heaven. He talks about eternity. But then there's different men that literally see glimpses, pictures of heaven. In Revelation, we see all throughout the scripture how John has glimpses of heaven. Eternity is a real place. It is not a fantasy. It's not something that we make up. It's not some magical myth. It is a place that is real. And here's what we know about eternity. We believe and we know that there is a heaven. But we also believe and know that there is a hell. Now, I know hell is not the cool thing to talk about in church anymore. Woo, if you talk about hell, man, you're like one of those people that don't love people. No, I would say this. If you talk about hell, then you really do love people. Because it's a real place. The Bible says in Romans chapter 6 and verse 23, it's a very famous scripture, for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The wages of sin, the penalty, the the cost of sin is death. And he's not talking about here natural death. No, because whether we sin or we don't, we're all going to die one day unless Jesus comes back, which I'm praying happens because I don't want to die. Come on, somebody. (laughs) Y'all can die. I'm going to be with Jesus. The wages of sin is that the penalty is this eternal death. This eternal destruction. 
And if we're not careful, we can get caught up in thinking, oh, we're just trying to live our lives for Jesus now, and we are. And we're just trying to, we want to love Jesus now because we want Jesus to give us a good life now. That's great. But there is so much more to serving Jesus. And Jesus wanted us to know this. It was one of the seven things. He only said seven things in six hours. And one of them was about eternity. He wants us to understand the importance of eternity. All throughout scripture, Jesus, all throughout the gospels, Jesus talks about heaven and he talks about hell. First Thessalonians chapter one and verse seven, it says this, and God will provide rest for you who are being persecuted. And also for us, when the Lord Jesus appears from heaven, he will come with his mighty angels in a flaming fire, bringing judgment on those who don't know God and on those who refuse to obey the good news of our Lord Jesus. They will be punished with eternal destruction, forever separated from the Lord and from his glorious power. For those that don't know him, those that don't believe in him, for those that don't choose to obey him, there's this eternal destruction. And again, I know this is a sobering thought, but it's so important because it can really help us realign our thought processes on how we live our lives. Why? Because it's important to know that after this life, there's eternity. The Bible says we will all face and we will all meet Jesus. And there'll be two things. There'll be, he'll either say, welcome, and he'll say, well done, good and faithful servant, or he'll say, depart from me. I never knew you. He won't say depart from me because you're a sinner. He'll say depart from me because I never knew you. Never chose. We never chose to walk with him, believe in him, follow him. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 13 and verse 47, I'm just giving you all kinds of scriptures so you don't get mad at me, you can get mad at the Bible. Once again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that is let down into the lake and caught all kinds of fish. When it was full, the fishermen pulled it up on the shore. Then they sat down and collected the good fish in baskets, but threw away the bad ones. And this is how it will be at the end of the age. Angels will come and separate the wicked from the righteous. We'll talk about that in a minute. And throw them into the blazing furnace where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Like, man, I was coming in here to hear Jesus love me and I'm a good person. That's great. I'm glad that you love, know Jesus loves you and you think you're a good person. But I know this, that if we don't get to the reality of eternity, we can just live our lives based on what we feel like is right and wrong. And we can miss the real reality of this, that we have to be people that believe in Jesus and walk with him. It says right here, I love this, that he separate the wicked and from the righteous. So now what we do as, as humans, what we do is we want to evaluate, okay, am I wicked or am I righteous? And so in the scripture, you have to understand righteousness does not mean how good I am. Righteousness is in believing in Jesus. He makes me righteous by what he did, not by what I do. He makes me righteous. Make sense? So important we understand this. It's important to know that there is an eternity and there is an, the eternity, it, it is life after this life, okay? I know many of you are like, oh yeah, duh, but I'm just wanna, I just wanna make sure I'm, I'm tearing away or ripping away or, or knocking down any lies that I've heard people say about eternity. One, eternity is real. Two, a, a part of eternity being real, it is life after this life on earth. It is not life on this earth. I've heard people say, well, yeah, I feel like, like heaven and hell are like now. Like, you know, like I walk through like my good times and like if I choose to live, they're like in, in, in this peace of mind, this peace of state, like I'm like, and I can like become one with like the earth. Like I'm like living in my heaven, man. 
Well, bro, what'd you take this morning? You know what I'm saying? heard people say well like hell like hell's now like when you go through bad times and like you're just facing hell on earth and it's just like that's what it is it's like either good times or bad times no it's not true eternity is life after this life the bible says in john chapter 11 in verse 25 it says this jesus told her i am the resurrection and the life anyone who believes in me will live even after dying not you have life and life more abundantly now. Yes, that's true. You can have life and life more abundantly now. But eternity is now I will have life with Christ after even dying on this planet. It's not this, okay, I'm having this moment of good times and so I'm living this heaven. Or I'm having these bad times on earth so I'm, having, I'm living in this hell. No, that's not what it is. Now, I will say this. The Bible says that we pray the Lord's Prayer. Many of you know it. We could probably recite it. It says, your will be done on earth as it is in? Your, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Meaning this. It doesn't mean heaven is on earth. It means this, that God can give us glimpses, tastes, moments of what heaven will be like on this planet. It says, as it is in heaven. Doesn't say your will be done on earth and let it be heaven on earth. No, let, the, let us have these moments with you on earth like it will be in heaven. Make sense? So it's life after life, life after death. It's eternity, eternity is real, and it's life after life. Now, I wanna show you a scripture in James chapter four and verse 13. Again, I'm giving you a ton of scripture today. Now listen, you who say today or tomorrow you will go to this or that or city and spend a year here, carry on business, making money. Why do you not even know, why do you do not even know what will happen tomorrow? What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Eternity is real. Eternity is life after life. Not only is it life after this life, it's also eternity is eternal. Eternity is eternal. Like, duh, that's why it's called eternity. I just want to make sure you understand this. Again, I just want to give you better notes. Some of y'all are like, duh, I understand this, but I want to give you basic understanding of what eternity is. It is it's life after this life, and it is eternal. It is forever. The Bible says in this moment with James, he says, look, life on this earth is but like a, it's just like a mist. It's like you're, you're, sh, 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 you're spraying your windows and all of a sudden the mist is gone. That's what our life is like. David says in Psalms chapter 39, our life is but a breath. A, and it's over. Compared to eternity, you're like, oh, well, man, life doesn't feel like that. All the stuff I got going on, like it doesn't feel like it's just a breath. It doesn't feel like it's just a mist. Compared to eternity, this world that we live in, our lifespan of 80, 85, 90, 95, 100, 105 years, it's just a, <sighs> compared to eternity. It's so important we understand this. It's eternal. I got a little illustration I want to show you. Spencer, you want to come up here? Kenny, you want to come help with this illustration? I'm glad you want to help me. Thank you. Okay, go, go, go over there. Go over there. Go over there. Thank you. Appreciate No, I need that one. You're right. That's thank you. Appreciate y'all. Okay, so here's, I got this, I got this measuring tape. And it's just a measuring tape. But here's a, this is, this is kind of like eternity in, in my brain, okay? This is my picture. I'll just show it to you, okay? This is a measuring tape. And like this can be, this can be what eternity is. So we just, we stretch out eternity and just, whoa! Is it broken? No. Okay, good. Here we go. Okay. Here we go. Take, we're going to take eternity.
Okay, I'll stop. Just a glimpse, okay? Just a glimpse of what eternity is. It's this long process of, of forever. But here's what's interesting. If life is just a mist or just a, just a, that would mean this, this right here, just this is life. Just, just this, this right here is life. This one little, this one little spot and what we call time is what we have on this planet. And everything else is eternity. Here's what's so interesting. Jesus says the way that you choose to believe and live on this, in this one moment, this one <gasps> is how you will live the rest of eternity. So now I want to encourage you a couple things, a couple things. I want to encourage you that this one, this is all you got. So value the life that you have. Value it. It's what God gave you. It's a gift. Don't get caught up in every drama and every caught up, oh, she broke up with me, or he did this, or she did that, or I'm not making enough money. All you have is a, don't waste your, on, you know what I'm saying. That was complaining on a breath, you know what I'm saying. Value it. But I will also say this, that a small window this of time, why would we not choose to believe and follow him? The small window of an opportunity, and again, value it, value it, value it, value it. But this shows me this. And this small, my gosh, how important is it that we would choose to keep our priorities in line with what God is asking us to do? Oh, well, you don't understand what I'm going through. You don't understand what, uh, you don't understand the process. You don't understand what I'm facing. You don't understand my stress. You don't understand my anxiety. You don't understand my depression. All of it is just a small window, a small. And so I want to encourage you with this because, again, we can get so caught up and having a perspective of this planet and, under, and what we're feeling and what we're facing and in our loneliness or in our struggles that we can forget there is so much more beyond this moment that we call time that God has for you and I. Y'all can go down. You can figure out how to wrap it up on your own. Praise God. Thank you. Bless you. Bless you, brothers. Bless you. Bless you, brothers. Appreciate you. Eternity is real. And it's eternal. And here's what's interesting. I stopped at four different lines, but eternity never stops. It goes on and on and on and on and on. And so why would we not say, God, I desire to give you this small window that we call life because I know that you have something so much greater for me. Yes, right now, but for eternity with me. It's real. It's real. The second thing about this phrase when Jesus says, today you'll be with me in paradise. One, he wants us to know eternity is real, but then two, he wants, to know that, he wants us to know that heaven is our home. Heaven is our home. In Hebrews chapter 11 and verse four, it says this. It says, for this world is not our permanent home. It's not our, this is not our permanent home. We are looking forward to a home yet 
to come. Jesus said as he was ascending, as he was talking to his disciples, I want you to know I'm going to prepare a place for you. I want you to know my father's house, the Bible says, has many mansions, he says, and I want you to know I'm going to prepare it just for you, your style, your, your, your uniqueness, your, 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 your likes and your dislikes. I want you to know I'm going and Jesus himself is preparing a place for you and I. He's preparing a, an eternal home for you and I. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 20, it says this, but our citizenship is, is in heaven and we eagerly, eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. We eagerly await because we know that this God that we serve is preparing a place for us. John chapter 14 and verse 1, it says, let your heart be not be troubled. Let your heart or let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house, there it is, are many mansions. And if it were not so, if it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That way, when I'm there or where I am, there you will also be. He's preparing a place for us. And he says he's coming back for us. At some point, we all know, if you don't know, I'll let you know, Jesus came and he died. We know that. We believe in that. He rose again. The Bible says that at a point in time that only the Father knows he will come back for his, his bride is what the Bible says, his church, his believers, for all who call on his name, all believe in, he's going to come back for them. And he's going to bring us to this eternal home. It's a paradise. It's a home beyond this home. And I love it because as the scripture says, it, it, scripture says, let me read it to you in verse uh, uh, Revelation chapter 21 and verse one. It says, I have heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people. He will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them and he will be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning, or crying, or pain, for the older, old things, the old, older order of things, excuse me, has passed away. He is now, or he who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. He talks about a paradise. Jesus says, today you'll be with him in paradise. What does that look like? I love that John gives us a picture right here of what heaven looks like. He says, there's gonna be no more tears. There's gonna be no more sorrow. There's gonna be no more pain. There's going to be no more shame. There's going to be no more condemnation. Scripture says in Revelation 21, 20, 20, 21, 21, the 12 gates were made of pearls and each gate from a single pearl. And the main street was pure gold, as clear as glass. The main street in heaven, heaven main street, is pure gold. So pure that it's like glass where we can see through it. Disney World's main street ain't got nothing on this. You know what I'm saying? Y'all be walking about around the bakery smelling it. You're like, mm, this is what heaven's like. No, it ain't. Revelation 22 and verse 5, it says, And now at night there will be no more, and they will need no light or, or lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. There's no pain. There's no shame. There's no, there's no condemnation. There's no guilt. There's, there's no tears. There's no, there's no crying. There's no mourning. All the old ways have, are passed away. There's new things. And the main street on, uh, in heaven is made of pure gold. There'll be no night. There'll be no sleep. It's just this, that God is our light. And so we'll have these heavenly bodies where we can continue to, one, love him, two, honor him, three, worship him, three, four, be together and honor one another and love one another and build community with one another. And heaven is a place that is what we would consider and know as paradise. I love that Jesus used the word paradise because y'all know how it is. We'd be going to a beach 
We'd be pulling up. You hear a little jingle music. You know what I'm saying? You just you sit back and you're like, I've, I've made it. I'm in paradise. The phone's turned off and the kids are with God only knows who cares. Man, I'm in paradise. But yet that little feeling that we have is nothing in comparison to what, it, what heaven will be like. Heaven is a place of where there will be, no, again, no pain, no shame, no crying. And it's this complete perfection, if you will. And I love it because Jesus says, and God, the Bible says, John says in, in John, he says, and God will be with them. And he will be their God and he will be with them. You know, the greatest thing about heaven is that God the Father, Jesus Christ the Son, and the Holy Spirit will literally be with us. All those other things are benefits. The no crying, the no tears, the no sin, the no shame, all those things are benefits. The greatest joy is that now we will be with the God of the universe. Because if you re we read it a moment ago, if you see, the Bible says that if you've not believed, that you'll be in eternal separation from God. There is no greater torment than eternal separation from God. The greatest joy is eternal relationship with God. So important that you understand this, that we understand that heaven is a paradise and it's for us today. Third thing today, I believe that Jesus wants us to know about heaven is real. Heaven is, oh, I just, I just lost my, there it is. Okay, heaven is real, heaven is our home. And then three, heaven is for all. Heaven is for all. Now, I hope that I just rattled about 50 theological brains in this room and online. Heaven is for all. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. No, 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 no. Heaven isn't for all. Heaven is just for Christians. Heaven is just for people that go to church. Heaven is just for people that like, that like or read their Bible and pray. I'm going to show you today that heaven is for all. Now, when I say heaven is for all, again, I'm giving you a little mental twist. That doesn't mean everybody will be in heaven. What I mean is God created heaven for all of us. The Bible says, I want to show it to you just because you don't believe me. And I want to prove you that you're wrong and I'm right. Second Peter chapter three in verse nine, the Bible says this, the Lord is not slow to keep his promise. It's some understanding as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you and with me, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. He loves us so much that he's patient with us and we're like, God would just show up and smite these people. No, 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 I won't. Why? Because he's slow to, and he's patient. Why? Because his desire is that all would enter into the kingdom of God. That's his heart. Heaven is for all of us. The Bible says in John chapter 3 and verse 16, we all know the scripture, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life or eternal life. For God so loved the world. Doesn't say for God so loved the people that went to church. For God so loved the people that read their Bibles. For God so loved the people that, that prayed, that worshiped. No, God so loved the world. Everybody, everybody. 
And then he goes on and says, For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of our God's one and only son. Heaven is for all. The interesting thing about heaven, the interesting thing about Jesus, is that he gives us a choice. He says, I'm going to create this eternal perfection. I'm going to prepare this, this mansion for you and your, and your family. I'm going to create this in eternity. But I'm going to let you choose whether you want to enter or not. Well, why in the world, God, just, just send us all to heaven. Why in the world do you let us choose? We're stupid. We make stupid decisions all the time. Why? Because he loves us. He loves us so much that he desires for us to have the choice to choose him. And the way that we choose him, scripture says it right here, for all who believe in him. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son for whoever believes. Seven of you, thank you so much. Eternal life. Eternity, heaven, is a gift that we could never earn. It's a place that we could never afford. Y'all ever go house shopping out of your league? And like you walk in, like you, and you know, like you can't afford it, but you act like you can. You know what I'm saying? Like you walk in like, yeah, man, that's pretty. What's the numbers of this? Oh, it's, oh that, that's it? Let <laughs> me get three of these. Heaven's a place we can never afford. But the incredible thing about the God that we serve, he said, I'll pay, this, I'll pay the price. I'm willing to choose to lay down my life so they can now not have to afford. Now they can receive. And all we have to do to receive, all you got to do is get that big old mansion. As you say, how do we receive? I believe in you. Bible says, I want to show it to you one more time, one more scripture. In Romans chapter 10 and verse 9, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. It is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. As scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew or Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Saved from what? He's going to save us. And again, if we're not careful as an American culture, we can get caught up in thinking Jesus is the savior of our lives on this planet. Well, he's the savior for my sicknesses and he's the savior of my finances and he's the savior of my loneliness and my depression and my anxiety. Yes, that is true. He is those saviors. Yes, but oh my gosh, if we ever confine Jesus to a help, self-help guru, we have failed and missed the true purpose of why Jesus came. The purpose was that we would have eternal, we would have relationship with him now and for eternity. He is not a self-help guru. 
Now, he knows how to help self more than anybody on the planet. But that's not the purpose of why Jesus died. He died so that we could now spend eternity with him. He loved us so much. Oh my goodness. If we ever confine him as a savior that crucified himself so that we could be these happy-go-lucky people that have no problems. We have missed, and we have not only missed, I believe we've actually damaged what God really did. And we're hurting what he did and others seeing us thinking that's what he did for us. He did it so that we could be in relationship forever. Yeah, he wants to save you from your sickness. Yeah, he wants to save you from your anxiety. Yeah, he wants to save you from your depression. Yeah, he wants to save you from your loneliness. But he also wants something so much more for you and I. Because that anxiety and that depression is just such a small window in eternity. He wants peace and joy and love in your life forever. And so he said, I'll pay the price. Oh my goodness, in this series I've been praying that we would get back to the reality of unknowing and really understanding and really revering and and honoring what Jesus did for us. We can so easily take it for granted and think that we're just here and Jesus is here to make us good and to make us happy. No, Jesus was willing to give it all because he loves us so much that he would say this, I want to spend forever with them. I want to spend the rest of eternity in relationship with them. He says, today, you'll be with me in paradise. He was a thief. He was one that, honestly, everybody wrote off. He would be one that now you and I look at and we say, there's no hope. He would be one now that you and I look at and say, we just we hope somebody saves him. He would be one that uh, the churchgoers or the religious people would say, well, he hadn't done enough, and so he's going to have to work some things out. No, Jesus said, I want you to know none of that matters. Here's what I know. Nothing you do or anything you can say that can get you to a place where you deserve where I'm, you're going. I just want you to know because I love you, I'm choosing to let you enter into paradise today. Isn't it interesting? There's one thief on one side and he's cursing Jesus. And there's another thief on the other side and he's crying out to Jesus. Isn't it interesting? They were in the same struggle but had two different responses. And isn't it interesting that Jesus was also in the same struggle? And yet he chose to respond and help the man that cried out to him. Why? Because he loved him. The Bible says that if we are Christians, we are to be like Christ, Christ Christ-like. What would it look like if we started to have an eternal perspective like Christ? To where even in our own struggles, we know God's using us to reach someone else for an eternity. 
The very struggles we're walking through, we can get so caught up in, and we can get so caught up in praying for, we get so caught up in wondering why this is happening to me, when Jesus may be very much setting you up around somebody to show them the love and light of who he is because he wants to make an eternal impact on them because he loves them too. Oh, would we never get to a place where we're so caught up in our own struggles that we miss the eternal perspective that God wants to use us to reach those around us. But here's the thing. I'm going to close, I promise. Two different struggles and two different hopes. This is what this shows me. It shows me this. It's not, the question for all of us is not who is Jesus. The question for all of us is who is Jesus to me? Who is Jesus to me? Is he really the savior of my life? Is he really the savior? Because who he is to me, yeah, somebody can tell me he is. That's fine. But I have to choose and know who he is for myself. Young people in the room, online, you can't let your relationship with your, from your parents, your, their relationship with Christ and your relationship with Christ think, well, my parents love Jesus, so I'm, it's, just, it's all good. Jesus loves me too. No, you have to have a personal relationship with him. For those that are spouses in the room, you can't let your spouse have the relationship and you just think, well, she or he's just dragging me along. No, you have to have a personal relationship with him. Why? Because as we believe and as we confess, then we are saved. Eternity's real. I know this isn't like the most popular topics to talk about. And like, man, you're not going to get very many many views this week. Oh, well, it's all good. Because here's what I know. Here's what I know. God desires for all of us. I believe this. In this saying that Jesus spoke. I believe he's desiring all of us to have eternal perspectives. Just a small window of what we call life. We value it. But we never forget. This is not our home. This is not the pain that I'm walking through and the struggle that I'm walking through. This isn't forever. I have an eternal home that God is preparing for me. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to always live a life with that perspective. Helping others see him and know him so that they could have that same eternal impact in their life. Amen. Can we pray today? Father, I thank you so much.